It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. And we are back with another episode of On The Clock. I'm your host, Brett Whitefield, and today we have... Mr. Thor Nystrom joining us from Fantasy Pros. Thor, how are you, man? Welcome to the show. I'm doing well. Thanks, man. Good to be here. I always love talking prospects with you. I know, man. Where when did we officially meet? I feel like we've known each other for a while, but maybe not. I don't know. It had to be in it had to be in Mobile one of those years, I think. Maybe like the first time in person, but obviously we've been playing in leagues together and DMing for quite a few years longer than that. But I think the first time in person was in Mobile. That is true. I think you're right about that. Uh well cool. So yeah, Thor, you know, he comes over from Fantasy Pros. He, you were also at what NBC Sports Edge for a while. Yeah, I was at to start my career as at NBC. I think I was ended up being there for like twelve years. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, long time. When it comes down to just the college football game in general, you're probably the most knowledgeable person that I know. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I I can't get enough of it. I, you know, just end up watching a lot. But yeah, I just love that stuff. You like, you know, all the incoming high school players and freshmen. Like, I don't start watching guys till they're like roughly draft eligible. And you're like on top of you've already been watching these guys for years. So it's like, you got to jump start on everyone. So, yeah. And it's fun too. Like, you know, when, when people start watching the film, their perceptions of guys and how it's different from mine and whatnot, but there's always big discrepancies. Like, uh, well, I, I know we're going to talk about stuff, but Jalen Hyatt would be, would be one I was talking about on Twitter recently, but there's several of them where I just totally disagree from the popular narrative. And a part of that's just sort of following their careers throughout watching them live for, you know, all those years, whatnot. Well, right on. Well, let's jump into it, but before we do, a word from our sponsor, Underdog Fantasy Football. The 2022 NFL season is over, but the fantasy football season never stops an underdog. The easiest place to play fantasy football. Right now, you can draft an underdog's The Big Board Tournament with $1 million in total prizes and 200 k to first place. If you think you know which incoming rookies will burst onto the scene in 2023, now is your chance to draft them at a value. All you have to do is join The Big Board Tournament draft your fantasy team and that's it and best ball there are no waivers there are no trades and you get the best scores in your lineup every week of the season and whoever has the highest score at the end of the season wins just head to underdogfantasy.com the app store or the google play store sign up with the promo code fantasy pts and you'll get your first deposit doubled up to hundred dollars and there's more if you sign up using code fantasy pts at underdog you get a Fantasy Points standard subscription for just five bucks. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code FANTASYPTS. And remember, new Underdog users who sign up with our code get a Fantasy Points sub for just five bucks. All right, Thor, now that that is taken care of and out of the way, let's get rolling here. Give me so the normal format we do, Thor, is I ask guys for a player they're higher on than most, a player they're lower on the most, and some team player fits that you want to pound the table for. I didn't really prep you for anything, though, because I figured you and I have enough rapport. We could just roll with this. So, yeah, the guy you're higher on than most, though. Are we going position by position or just any guy? Just any guy. And we'll, 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 get, we'll talk to, about him in detail. 
Sure. Uh, well, one guy I toss out for this right away is Evan Hall, the running back from Northwestern, happens to be a local Minnesota kid. I hope my that's not informing my bias too much, but I really like that kid's game. And he didn't get the ability to show off all of his stuff just because of the situation he was in. Mm-hmm. He had the one other singular town on, on the Northwestern offense in Skoronsky, but outside of that, rest of the offensive line stunk, the quarterback play stunk, the rest of the skills stunk. So Evan Hall came into game sort of like a marked man, especially this past season, but Really like his game. Uh, Super duper versatile, first off. Uh, A guy that can be deployed out of the slot, deployed out wide. His percentage of snaps in each of those roles is near the the top of this running back class. His ADOT is near the top of this running back class. Catches, receptions, receiving, the whole thing. He's near the top of it. And that all manifests on film. The different ways that you can shift him out, use him. He's a great route runner, both out of the backfield. Also, you know, slot or even out wide. The, the hands play as well. So the, the receiving element, you're just get that's just, it's going to be there. But the, I also believe that he is underrated as a runner. Um, he, he has decent size. He measured into the combine. Um, let's see at two fourteen, and he had a RAS of 9.22 prove the concept of the athleticism. People before were saying that he was going to run in the four sixes that, uh, was absolutely a myth, um, and I think I know why that myth started. I won't get into that, but uh, the, Evan Hall was a track star in Minnesota. Uh, who you know, I mean, like that's just the, the speed thing wasn't an issue. He told us in Mobile he was going to run in the four fours. He did, um, and then the other, you know, he, I think it was four four seven, four four six, something like that. But then the other tests were also like on point as well. I think there's a lot of different things you 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 know again that you can use with him. And I don't think his game he picked up as many like there's guys like. Uh, Cam Akers, or I'm trying to think of some of the other guys in recent years where they played behind really bad offensive lines, and some of those guys, they would start to develop bad habits, skittishness, or trying to bounce it too soon, or like different stuff like that. Um, And the lack of patience then sort of manifested at the NFL level. It's like they were sort of permanently scarred with this. I don't think that's going to be the same case with Evan Hall. Uh, Really good at sensing pressure at the gate right away you know when there would be the immediate penetration and then developing a plan you know an alternate plan uh slap dash right like um a thing he's great at is getting lateral down the line and then just zooming around and taking the edge different stuff like that but when he plays with a better offensive line where they're not getting manhandled the whole time Mm -hmm. i think you're going to see him better between the tackles and different stuff like that than he was able to show in college just because of the situation yeah so i mean you and Derek brown obviously talk a lot (laughs) Right. Yeah. So Derek's been on the show. He he came on here and touted Evan Hall the same yeah. way. We love Evan Hall. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, so who's influencing you? You influencing him or him influencing you? Well, it was funny. Like the first time we talked about Hall, because he was watching all the senior bowl guys, you know, and you know, like you mentioned, like I've watched these guys for years, followed them for years, but but you know, guys that cover the because I cover college football first. So that's you know, whatever. But like the NFL guys, Derek had he didn't have the exposure to Hall. So it was funny because he he watched, he's watching the tapes one by one of the guys in those weeks leading up to the senior bowl. And he called me one day and he's like, This Evan Hall kid can play. And I was like, Yeah, he can. You know, he's more athletic than people think. He's better than people think. He has a more diverse skill set than people think. And 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 then Derek was going nuts about the things that, that he was seeing too. And we had a strong conviction that he was going to test way better than people thought. Mm-hmm. We were we were proven proven right on, on that account. But yeah, I mean, like uh, he's a guy that we we both like, and we're we're both going to be pounding the table for the rest of the draft process as far as like the deep sleeper running backs, because Evan Hall is super underrated. Yeah, I Derek and I have argued relentlessly about Hall. 
I I do so more to just troll him because Derek is fun to troll. I <laughs> think I'm probably higher on Hall than consensus is, to be honest, even though I don't I don't love his game. But two things I thought stuck out to me. Well, you talked about his speed. I, I kind of pegged him for a four or five guy. And then at the combine, he ran a four, five, three and a four, four, seven. So I feel pretty good that I, I was almost right on that mark. Um, they obviously they take the higher score. So four, four, seven. I do think at times you see that on tape, you see that speed. There's other times where for whatever reason, he had trouble breaking pursuit angles of, of defensive backs. And that's usually what I'm looking for to really gauge your top gear. But ultimately I, I do think when he gets in that, when he can hit a straight line and go, you, you see the speed show up. But one thing that's really intriguing, especially for you fantasy football players, you, you listeners, Evan Hall has a three down skill set. Yes. And Thor, there's not a lot of guys in this draft that do. <laughs> no, there's not. Yeah. And and the things you can do with them as a receiver. Yeah. It's just yeah. there's not a ton of guys you can compare like that for sure. Yeah, it's it's a deep running back class as far as there's probably like 15 to 20 guys that can play football, but it's not deep from the standpoint of you're gonna find developed three down players. And I think Evan Hall is definitely one of those guys. For that reason alone, Thor, I think he could probably go higher than anybody realizes. I agree. Yeah, yeah. especially after he proved the concept that the combine, 92nd percentile athletic score Raz. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I totally agree with that. Where where do you see him going? At the, uh, I know you're not into, like, predicting things necessarily, but where do you see him going in, in the draft? Well, it's crazy. Like, I look – like, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but I, I look around, you know, at some of the other big boards around the industry and – you know, people have him as like a seventh rounder, even UDFA guy. And it's like, like even just the receiving utility alone is worth more than that. And also he offers these other things. So like, um, I, I agree with your, your, your opinion that at the end of the day, he's going to end up going higher than he is ranked right now. Um, I don't know if he gets up to the fourth round right now. I'd like, if I had to peg how the NFL is going to do it, I would say fifth. Um, but like, you know, at, at the, the juice is worth the squeeze there. He's going to provide you value over the, the cost there um, in the say he goes in the fifth round. But if he I mean, if he fell into the sixth or the seventh, I, I think you're going to get sort of a, a bonanza of a value. Because, again, if nothing else, you know, you're getting the, the good receiving back. That thing just speaks for itself. He has the athleticism. He has the tape to prove out all that that concept, et cetera. But there again, I think there's a little bit more of hidden value there because I think he, there's some dormancy of the skill set of him as a runner that we just didn't get to see because of the situation. But even if that doesn't coalesce, if, if he falls into the six, seven round, just the receiving ability alone is is going to be worth that as a complimentary back. So that's sort of my take there. I personally, I don't see any way he makes it that far. I do think the draft community is is just sleeping right at this moment on him yeah i think he'll start to get some more hype as we get closer to the draft and teams start leaking information where gun to your head though thor say you're you're a decision maker in a chair and you've got to decide where you're picking evan hall how high are you willing to go on evan hall is he does he get into your day two well for i think for me the i'll end up ranking him as a fourth rounder probably uh and maybe even like earlier on there but like with that you know like it's in like the draft rooms it's got to be the three-dimensional chess a little bit of you know not only have the convictions on your guys but then also have a conviction that you have an idea what the other teams are going to do so you know you you don't want to take like you don't want to take him around before anyone else would have obviously you just have to sort of gauge that but obviously like right now I'm probably, you know, I might be three rounds above the consensus on where I see Evan Hall, but, you know, that wouldn't mean that I would have taken him early fourth round in that scenario, but you'd have to sort of suss that out. And and we'll see as we get down here in the stretch, because like you mentioned, over the next six weeks here, 
you would imagine that Evan Hall's the the that the stock is only going to go up as people now you know they they had the opportunity to go back to his tape because he proved the concept of the athleticism in uh, in Indy after he'd had a very good Senior Bowl week as well. That's right. where I think you're going to start to see him jut up on on some of these other boards, and we'll see at the end of the day where the NFL has him. But yeah, I, fifth round I would feel comfortable about right now that he would get taken there if the draft was tomorrow. Um, do I think he has a shot to get to the fourth round? Yeah, I do. Um, and I mean, would he get into the back end of the third? I, I don't think so right now, just because the, but maybe that's some of it, my opinions on that is being informed by the bias that I've read about Evan Hall, like to this point, but yeah, that's sort of where I put him. Cool. So my scoring system that I, I score all the prospects through is a zero to 100 scale. It's a weighted score. You know, there's five different main buckets we're pulling from. Evan Hall came away with a 75.0 in my system, which 75.0 is the actual cutoff for day two to day three. So oh, he, right plus for me to get him in the day two. I got well, You like him way more than consensus too, right? That's what I was saying. Yeah, I, yeah. I tease Derek all the time, but I, I've actually come to the realization that I actually like him more than consensus. His, his athletic testing actually did boost him quite a bit. I think prior to that, he was sitting down closer to like a, a 74, 73.8 which is a day a early day three prospect for me. But that, you know, like you said, um, proof of concept is important. And that, that gave him a good enough bump to get him in the day two conversation. I got to make a decision there, though. I can't be a fence sitter. So, yeah, our, our guy, our initial prospect guide comes out Friday for those listening. So I love it. Uh, when you get your hands on that, see what decision I made. Love it. I'll be All checking right. that out, Brett. Yeah. Awesome, Thor. Um, real quick, too. Where do you have a team fit you like for him or? I actually do, and he wouldn't have to change his jersey color at all, and they play 10 minutes from me. The Minnesota Vikings, I think, would be sneaky awesome for Evan Hall. Uh, a couple different things. You've heard now the rumors of them shopping Delvin Cook, that an offer already has been received for Delvin Cook. Then there was a report yesterday, the rest of the NFL is waiting on the running back market to see if, what the Vikings do with Cook, whatever. There is a, a real shot that the Vikings move on from Delvin Cook via trade. And then Madison uh, is an unrestricted free agent right now. The, the news of the, the signings are happening so fast. So if someone's listening to this and he's already signed somewhere, you know, uh, just, forgive me, but we're not that far in the future yet live. But, um, you know, Madison might be out the door as well. So the Vikings will have to do something there. Um, and I don't, you know, like you have uh, Mwangu and you have Ty Chandler outside of that. They like a little bit. Evan Hall, at least, I think could be a complimentary guy there. But, you know, again, I, I think he's got a better shot to handle some of that rushing load than people think. So I think he could actually come in into a situation and contribute much faster and better than, than people think. And I think the Vikings would be a great one because the kid grew up 20, you know, 30 minutes away from the stadium, whatever. I believe it was Maple Grove. And then, you know, the Vikings actually have a need there because their top two running backs could be walking out the door. Right on. All right. A player you are lower on than consensus. Um, the, let's see the running backs. Um, well, the running backs, I don't like, um, the guy that I don't like as much as people by far is, is Chase Brown. Um, another one, but Brown might've talked about him too. We both, we, we don't like uh, Chase Brown, but I know he doesn't like Chase Brown, but I don't believe we talked about him. Okay. Well, the, the thing I'd say about Chase Brown is he got so much of his production screaming down the field second and then into the third level. That's how he piled up a lot of these yards, but he was an, 
I don't think people realize what an advantageous situation he was in because they think of like Illinois, the Lovey Smith Illinois are like them sucking going back a long time. But with Brett Bielema coming in, the offensive lines were really good run blocking offensive lines. And it sort of facilitated these lanes that Chase uh, uh, Chase Brown needed to get into the second and then uh, third levels where he could show off his speed. That's the thing that he's the best at as far as the speed. But he doesn't break enough tackles. He doesn't elude enough guys where I think when 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 you even that out at the next level where the offensive line is more or less even to the defensive line. I, I don't know that Chase – basically it's like in the NBA when they say like the guy can't create his own shot. I, I think a lot of times Chase Brown was being facilitated out there as opposed to getting there because of his own volition, his own skill set, whatnot. And and again, when when that the discrepancy between the offensive line and the de- defensive line in terms of their run stuffing ability, when that sort of evens out in the NFL, I think a lot of that production that the Chase Brown was hanging his hat on is going to go away. The other thing is not good on third downs at all. Like the kid can't catch, he can't run routes, he can't create separation, um, and he's also terrible in pass pro. He's getting ragged all all week in, in mobile in that aspect. So he's an early down guy where it, the utility is breakaway, and I don't think you're going to see it as much in the NFL. One other guy that I would toss out is um, Zach Evans, uh, a guy that um, I, I have some trepidations on. Zach Evans, he, you know, initially he had signed, I believe, with Georgia as this five-star recruit, but then he gets out of his commitment right away. He's like, I don't want to go to Georgia. So then he su- surprisingly signs with TCU as, as this five-star guy. And he, you know, he showed some stuff the first couple of years, but he couldn't put away Kendra Miller. And I think when Zach Evans informed the new coaching staff, Sonny Dykes, and then that he was going to leave, I don't think they cared because Kendra Miller was a much better fit for that system than Zach Evans was. Then Zach Evans goes to Mississippi and he's supposed to be this, you know, big bell cow guy and Lane's going to, you know, give him a million touches because, you know, Mississippi has the fastest running offense in football and whatnot. And it's like when you're thinking about it over the summer, it's like, oh, man, Zach Evans is going to break out and he's going to, you know, dominate, whatever. He got beat out by a true freshman, a three-star true freshman. Now, Quinchon Judkins, a guy we're going to talk about in a couple of years, he was one of the great finds in the, this past recruiting process. There, there's this great photo that goes around on the internet and, and on Twitter of Lane Kiffin sitting. He's the only person sitting in the stands watching Quinchon Judkins. So he, he he just sort of found this diamond in the rough or whatever. But Quinchon Judkins beat out Zach Evans to be sort of the 1A of that platoon. Now, Zach Evans still played. But it's a little bit troubling to me that Zach Evans was never clearly the best back on his teams and over his college career. And that there were, you know, I mean, this past one was a season long where Mississippi explicitly was telling us Quinshawn Jenkins is better than Evans. Then right. we go to the, the you know, and Evans doesn't offer much as a receiver either, you know, yada, yada. But then we go to the combine and Evans, a guy who had been listed, I believe it's six foot flat, 215 by Mississippi. He goes in and he, he measures in at... 5-10-202. I thought that was interesting. He comes in 13. He was already listed at the threshold, but now he comes in 13 pounds lighter. So it's like, oh, okay. Well, I suppose it's because, you know, he he has, you know, maybe he didn't feel he was going to test as well. So he's lost this weight. So then he's going to go out and, and try to test better at the lower weight. He didn't test anything. He, he didn't get out there and, and do his stuff or whatever. So to me, that is a big red flag when you're not willing to run, you're not willing to do the agility things. When you've already dropped this weight, you already come in way small, two inches uh, shorter and, you know, over 10 pounds less than your listing, uh, you know, at the current size that he would be at. He, now he is beneath the threshold, but he doesn't want to test. Uh, like for me, all that stuff, it's just too many red flags swirling in the ether. So there's a lot of people that have, you know, some people have Zach Evans top five in their running backs. Some people, uh, most of the rest would have Zach Evans in the top 10. 
Uh, I don't know that I will have Zach Evans in my top 10. In fact, uh, you know, the way that we're, I don't think he'll be in my top 10 for, for these reasons. We'll see when he ends up testing to see if he can prove any of the concepts of this stuff. But if he, if he goes there again and he, you know, now he's 200 pounds or whatever, right. uh, you know, you have to bake that in because the way he plays, it's, it's, it's as the 215 pound or even a 220 guy. Like that's, that's the stuff he's better at. He's not an airbag guy. So his whole process has been weird to me, and, and most of his career was weird to me too. So he's another guy to toss out. Yeah, I, I have Evans fifteenth in my uh, dude. Same page. Uh, it's yeah. it's like the gift that we just become best friends. Yeah, like you and me are seeing that, in, but a different way than most. You see, Brett, you go around the industry. You there's again people that have them top five, and I almost everybody else has them top ten. But I just when, when you look. This running back class, it's a good running back class. And, and you know, you have the elite town and Bijan. But then, you know, part of the reason I really like it is because it's deep. And, and you, you know, you sort of run into this thing when you're sort of parsing out, you know, between running back 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. There, there's a lot of guys in there. You could go with sort of your own flavor. And I just find myself when I'm comparing him one to one, you know, when I when I put them, you know, it's like what I prefer Tank Bigsby or what I prefer Evans, definitely Bigsby. What I prefer Roshan Johnson or Bigsby, or I'm sorry, Roshan Johnson or Evans, definitely Roshan Johnson. I prefer Evan Hall uh, to to Zach Evans. Uh, and Dwayne McBride, a similar-ish back, but I trust him way more the first couple downs that I do, Zach Evans. I prefer Dwayne McBride. You just go Eric Gray, Sean Tucker, Israel Abanaconda. Like you go down, it's like, oh man, this is how he starts to fall down your mind. Because it's like, he's not... Like I, I would just prefer the other guy. So that's why it's not being like punitive or whatever. That's just where the chips fall on it. Yeah, I I agree with pretty much everything you said. We actually I talked uh, Zach Evans with Ian Cummings yesterday. So the, uh, he's a fresh name on the podcast. I did want to touch Chase Brown really quick in some of the things you said there. Yeah, I do. I don't know really where people are ranking him. So I'm not sure if I'm high or low on him. I think he's like 10th or 11th in my in my scores. But one thing that is definitely clear with him Thor is that he's going to be a, a scheme specific landing spot dependent kind of yes. guy. Like if he lands in a Shanahan style outside yes. of offense, you're hitting it. Yeah, exactly. Um, he, he reminds me of like a Jeff Wilson or even a, a poor man's Raheem Mostert in a lot of ways, not a, not an elusive player at all, but he's got that crazy burst and acceleration and top end speed that, you know, if he has the ability to, to break contain on the outside, he's going to be, a monster so very well said if he finds that perfect landing spot and they you know and they give him the usage situationally that's where i think you can squeeze the value out but yeah the shanahan thing you you hit it you know and some people i think have even tossed out the most dirt um comp whatever that's yes that's the situation kind of situation he has to get in but it also you know so he could he could outplay you know let's say that happens he could outplay where we have him drafted or i'm sorry we have him ranked but but that doesn't that won't change my opinion at all because you can't, you can't give him credit for like with all these guys, like, Oh, if they went into their best spot, whatever you have to rank them in the vacuum. And if, if Chase Brown does not get into that perfect situation, I think that's where you see him flame out of the league, maybe a little bit earlier than almost anyone anticipates because of that, you know, the usage specific game. Sure. Yeah. And I threw out the Mostert comp. I do want to be clear though, for the listeners, he's not Mostert fast. He's Jeff Wilson fast. He's, you know, he, but Mostert's what he, he's been like the fastest ball carrier GPS wise like three years in a row or something like that dude is ridiculously fast like he's Mostert is Tyreek Hill level fast and and Chase Brown is not that so just to be clear on that yeah 
he is a speed back, but he's not Raheem Mostert fast. I just, I mean, Chase, like he, he ran, I got, I got to pull it up, but he didn't, he didn't beat out Hall by too much in that. Let me, let me see what he ended up running. I know his overall Raz was really good. 975 was the overall Raz. And he ran a four four three. So I mean, like good, you know, good speed. But it's yeah. to your point, it's he's not the he's not Keaton Mitchell. He's not Devin Odchain. He's you know, he's not one of those guys. It's 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 good speed, but yeah. it's like if that's gonna be your card and that's your trump card, you have to acknowledge it's not an elite one for that to, you know, you know, solder over every other aspect of the evaluation. Yep. All right, Thor, I know you gotta get going. So before I let you go though, give me one team player fit you want to see get, like in the first round potentially so, so one one guy to one team you just have to see it well before you know i almost had to stick with the vikings because that's all the team i always think about but like um for me before it was jsn with the vikings but what's interesting because i, I just think him next to jefferson jsn is just going to you know, just eat and go wild with that space that he's provided by Jefferson, always getting bracketed over the top and or just outright doubled. See, all that space opens up in the intermediate area. You and I had talked about TJ Hawkinson going there, how you have it because, you know, we, we used a basketball metaphor a couple of times on this show, but like in, in a similar way with basketball, they talk about like how LeBron James, he changes the spacing of the entire floor. That's Justin Jefferson on the one side and it opens up all this space in the intermediate area. And Hawkinson, of course, feasted on that. And I thought JSN could have feasted on that. One potential complication is they just gave $21 million to Josh Oliver, which I thought was really interesting. And it seems like the Vikings intend to have uh, 12 personnel at all times, maybe even some 13 personnel. You know, we'll, we'll see how that ends up shaking out. But like if you're delineating one of those spots, then can JSM play the slot or did the Vikings, did they think like they did with Justin Jefferson? They had a conviction because remember coming out and I even fell into this trap of Justin Jefferson. He's a slot guy. He absolutely was not a slot guy. He could do whatever you wanted to do with them. JSN, I, I want to see what he runs at, at you know, when he does the pro day, because that's the one test that, that he didn't do. The the um, agility drills were obviously awesome. But um, barring him, the the other, you know, and depending on the way that the Vikings see that, because I, I think that might, if, if they don't see him as an outside guy, that might nullify him there. The other one I would toss out is Zay Flowers, um, because Zay Flowers, he, I know that he can play on the outside despite his size. You, you're not getting him off the line his movement is too good his releases are too good and then one thing i like about him everybody talks about the movement and he proved the concept of his speed in in in, at the combine but some of you know most of the guys of that ilk they only give you the utility short and intermediate and then you're hoping for the yak yardage certainly he provides you with that the thing that i think people sleep on with zay flowers is how good he is downfield he can beat you downfield over and over again He's both good at the ball tracking, um, different stuff, you know, of course, shaking, but like just the thing of like down, you know, down the field or whatever, tracking that ball and then giving it a nice target, then reeling the thing in and then keep trucking up field, whatnot. He gives you way more utility downfield than than some of these other guys. That's a very unique thing for for a receiver his size. I think he would play really well on the other side from Jefferson, too. Yeah, I, I personally like that Zay Flowers fit a little bit more. And I also think it's probably more realistic they get a chance at him. I don't know that they're going to get a chance at JSN. Agreed on both accounts. Yeah. So Flowers, though, man, he does he gives them that that make you miss in a phone booth run after catchability, which they don't really have on that team right now. Correct. Um, have yeah. Basically, but Cook might not even be there. So I, I do like that that added element. I think you know his ability to play in the slot or play outside works with the the clear intention to play more twelve personnel. Um, you get 
KJ Osborne probably off the field in two receiver sets, which is fine. I, I think Osborne's a fine third receiver, but yeah, we want we want to upgrade there, and, and especially get- in this scenario where he's not on the field every play, right? Like, but that's he needs to get knocked down to that second slot. You know, obviously feeling out the door. So right now, KJ would be considered your second, but like yeah. the Vikings badly need that true outside starting receiver so so kj can get back into the the situational thing and then when you want three receivers on the field obviously he's going to be out there and he can give uh, zay flowers a blow after you know zay flowers rips downfield for a 60-yard catch can come off for a play or two and kj can run out but that's they need that other outside starting receiver across from jefferson both to disincentivize defenses from the straight just doubling jefferson every time someone that can that can take advantage of all that extra space um but then also knock uh, kj back into the correct spot in the packing order in the universe sort of aligns itself then i even like the the prospects of doing like twins formations and stacks with flowers and jefferson on the same side oh now we're talking some bagger concepts and stuff like that that you see miami doing with hill and waddle and like that is super sexy to me you can't double both of them one no, you the- can't. And and you bring up Waddle. That is the comp of Eric Gulko, the, the lead of the Shrine Game. That is who he comps Zay Flowers to. Um, and yep. I don't know if I can quite get that high, but like I'm not deducting too, too much from, you know, he might be like a half step down, whatever, but it's the same phylum and you don't see many guys that can move like that. And Waddle, another guy can get the ball downfield. Obviously a big part of his, his game is the yak. But um, yeah, that you know, just sort of similar skill set in terms of that. Yeah, it's, I, style comp, I see it 100%. Waddle was the sixth player overall for me in his draft class. Zay Flowers isn't quite getting there for me, but yeah. uh, st- stylistically, they are very similar. For sure. Well, right on, Thor. Thank you so much for joining the pod. Uh, we will cut it there, but tell the people where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at ThorKU, um, and you can find my work at Fantasy Pros and Betting Pros. On Fantasy Pros, we, we're attacking the NFL draft hard this year, so we have all the the scouting reports and and you know the mocks and you know all, all the stuff that you guys like. But um, my I've started now my 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 prospect scouting report series. We had the quarterbacks came out last week. It was really fun to dive into that class. And you and I are talking running backs here. My running piece is coming out in a couple of days on fantasy pros so i brett you were talking about how you know your things coming out and you're still finalizing a couple of those things that's where it gets really fun when you get basically the, the writer gets put to the decision of being on the clock when he's on deadline it's like okay now i gotta decide 10 or 11 for this guy you know you have two guys that are really close and that's where it gets really interesting just like in your office by yourself trying to, to finalize that stuff but that's what i'll be doing the next couple of days and check that out on fantasy pros Awesome, Thor. Thank you so much. Everyone, please go check out his work and give him a shout out on Twitter for me. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com.